This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus, so you can build credit history as you repay. See what NetCredit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Tonight, Panorama focuses on the terrace gangs who follow one small second division club, Millwall, in London's Dockland. Deliberately, we're looking at this violence. I've travelled far and wide, across the great divide. I've even sailed the seven seas. I've orbited in space, in almost every place. I've even climbed the Pyrenees. But no longer will I roam. There is no place like home. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. You've got myself, Omer, and my co-host, Mickey. Evening. We're joined with three guests tonight. I'll, I'll let Matt start off. Introduce yourself, Matt. How you doing? Hi, I'm Matt. How is everyone doing? Happy that the season's now coming to an end and looking forward to a new one. Nice. Lee, we've got Lee Dolby, who's been on a couple of weeks. Well, I think one show you came on, didn't you, Lee, a little while ago. Welcome back. Yep, yeah, evening chaps, how you doing? Not too bad, thank you. And our last guest, oh, we've got Kev. Is Kev fine, Kev? <laughs> yeah, whichever, yeah, whichever. Yeah, no, I'm normally Kev and then I'm Kevin when my mum's telling me off or something. So, yeah, let's stick with Kev for now. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Kev... when I turned up, you thought he was going to be a girl, didn't you? 
those who can't see it, Kev's joined as uh, Alison in the Zoom call, so that's why Mickey's poking at him a little bit there. So, but yeah, anyway, guys, I guess we'll just go straight into it. Two games since we lost was on there, so to speak. A one-nil win against Blackburn, and then obviously a four-three defeat on the weekend against QPR. Mickey, I'll come to you first, mate, because you know you're my co-host and all that. What did you make of the last two games? Obviously, I guess we'll go to Blackburn first. It was a nice win, followed by the downfall on Saturday. Blackburn was all right. I mean, it was three points. It was what it was. It was okay. Well, you know, it was it was a good three points, um, a good four-out three points, I suppose. But QPR on Saturday was just a fucking disgrace. We were fucking eating alive. The team we put out, just they just got it alive. Romeo was being given a new arse, so he's in that geezer's pocket all fucking afternoon. And it's, and, and it's probably nothing to do with Romeo, because Romeo is, has been a good player all season. It's just a... You know, everyone going, oh, QPR's well above us, this, that, now. QPR's in shit. You know, they're, they're in grief, they're in fucking thing. It's just unfortunate. It's that time of the season where you've got a team who's got nothing to play for, they don't give a shit, and Warburton's basically gone, you know what, let's change things around here. Let's just go out there and play football and have a bit of fun towards the end of the season. We're, we're safe. Just go fucking do what you do without really any direction, probably, just said, go have fun. And that's what they did. They went out there and they showed us, you know, they, they opened us up, especially on that left side. You know, they were running rings around Romeo all day long. Yeah, I mean, that left side you mentioned, I think they've got the very easy, or however you say his name, uh, probably going to go to the Premier League next season. I'll come to you, Matt. I mean, when you've got that kind of quality in the side, someone like Easy to turn up and do what he did on Saturday, it's always going to be a hard battle, wasn't it? It is. However, I mean... Yeah, let's not let's not kid ourselves. He is a Premier League bound player. Um, QPR have also got some good youngsters coming through, but I felt we had we we kind of didn't have the attitude to go out there and put one on them. Personally speaking, when say Romeo got eaten up, which is very rare because he's been one of our most improved players this year, and I'm a huge huge fan of him and. Hopefully one day he'll be a Premier League bound player as well with us. Um, but to then put Hutchinson right back for me was questionable when you've got someone of that talent and you stick a centre half on the at right back in the second half. We just we was we might as well just be feeding feeding more treats to him for him to have a shot at him. He's good, but we didn't help ourselves that week uh, on Saturday, and you know we just we move on. Yeah, I agree with you, to be honest. I think I think you kind of maybe, I don't know if you're thinking maybe get Romeo out of the firing line a little bit. But yeah, I mean, with regards to Romeo, obviously he's probably been one of our best players since we came back from lockdown aside from Saturday. So it was unfortunate. I think um, he's been carrying injury as has a couple of other players. But it's one of those things. I think now it's out of the way. Probably see, I don't know, who are we going to see on Wednesday? Billy Mitchell right back maybe? I don't know what he's going to play now at this point. So mm-hmm. who knows? I guess, Kevin Lee, either of you guys got anything to add to QPR on Saturday? I'll just be a pick up a point that Mickey said there about um, Warburton um, sending these boys out with nothing to play for. And I, and I think that was the uh, the story of the game. For us, it was, it was win or bust. We had to win it. The pressure was on us and we buckled under the pressure. And as you say, Mick, that Warburton's, they've got nothing to play for. Um, and they was kind of free to, to go and have a, a bit like a pre-season game, if you like. No pressure on them. And they, and they played like it. You know, we, unfortunately, we buckled under the pressure. And you've seen, you know, West Brom and Brentford do the same when teams are under that pressure in the championship. It's a, it's a tough environment. And, and unfortunately, instead, you know, after that Blackburn game, yeah, we, we I don't think Blackburn off a bunch, if I'm honest. But, uh 
you know, we, we, we give a good account of ourselves to kind of keep it going to the second to last game of the season. But when, it, uh, when, when the pressure told, unfortunately, uh, as I said, we battled. Yeah, I think it's disappointing because there's a couple of games. I think Middlesbrough, obviously, you know, there's games where we had the onus on us to try and get in there and at least put a bit of pressure on Cardiff, so to speak, especially on Saturday. I think even right after the game in his interview, he was kind of saying he was disappointed that, you know, it, yeah, we scored three goals, but we conceded four. We had another opportunity to try and put some pressure on and we didn't really show up. I don't know what you guys think about that. Is it we don't have enough big game players? Is it maybe we don't have enough players there that are going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck? I mean, Wallace got three assists on Saturday, for example. Probably his best showing, I reckon, since we've come back from lockdown. I mean, what else are we going to be asking for when players don't show up? Kev, I know you got butted into earlier, but what did you think? Uh, yeah, no, I just frustrating in, in terms of not being able to follow up a performance with another one. And I think that seems to be the issue since lockdown. And I think it, it does refer back to what Gary Routes picked up on. Is there seems to be that mindset issue at the moment. Having said that, though, I think that is something that's consistently being developed. And I'm... I speak from the perspective of glass half full and although Saturday was really disappointing, I'm really excited to see what happens now going into next season because of the quick turnaround. And I personally don't think we're there yet, but I think we will be. And I think we've got a number of players that are the right players for us to, to continue our development as a team and as a club next year. We are just missing one or two pieces to the puzzle. But yeah, I just think it comes back to a mindset issue that... What what are we missing? What do we need to then kick on for next season? Because it's such a quick turnaround in the off season, and you know, we, we, have we got enough to go forward? I don't think we're quite there yet, but we we will be. I, like I say, I think we got the right man there, and I'm really excited about what happens going forward. I really am. We've got the quick turnaround, haven't we? I suppose we've got. I guess, what, maybe four or five weeks before the season starts again. I mean, no one really knows when it's going to come back. I know, obviously, they're looking at maybe mid-September. I mean, end of uh, start of October is when the window is going to close. So it's a good thing in a weird way. But also, if he's making a lot of changes or he wants to put his own mark on the, on the squad, so to speak, short turnaround, is that going to be a difficult challenge, you reckon, guys? Or I think he's already started making contact with the ones he wants. Um, I think there was on something on News at Den today where he's already had Zoom calls with his potential targets. I think the recruitment team have pointed, well, he's probably pointed out who he wants in during the lockdown period. Um, so it's just sort of like crossing the T's, dotting the I's, I think, and getting them settled. Uh, I, I've never been so excited for a new like a manager coming in. Um, a, a bit follow up on what um, Nick was saying. The, 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 the mindset of our players has always been under pressure, we will buckle. It's been historically, I mean, we can go back as far as when we went to Bristol Rovers away last game of the season. He, in, on paper, an easy win. We made it difficult ourselves and scraped through winning 4-3 and almost just getting into playoffs and the rest of our state's history. When we perform well is when we're the underdogs, when we really haven't got a care in the world or we haven't got nothing to lose, like the cup games. But now we want to change their attitude. We... Gary's, Gary Rowell, I feel, is going to put us into a position where we are like, well, we are a top 10 team. Arguably, we'll be a top six, but not yet. Top 10 team, and then we progress. And he'll have those players ready to deliver that, be under the pressure of the fans, and because we are a passionate bunch and probably the best in the land. Well, we are the best in the land. Let's not <laughs> argue about that. But make sure those players can absorb that, absorb the pressure, absorb the den. And when when we need when we need to call on them, they're ready to perform. And that's you know we would I, I think Gary is the right man for this job. I, I I agree with you, 
most of that, to be fair, Matt. I think my my concerns are are, are twofold. Really. The first one is I think that the mindset's been implanted in for a long time. I think there's always been that. Let's get the fifty points, and then we we get there. We're, we're um, you know, rather than look down, we always rather than look up, we always look down. And then when we're safe, it's okay. You know, let's finish outside of the top, the bottom three. We're okay. When really we should be aiming for that top six, and if we finish in tenth, then okay, that's a good result. Rather than, well, we finished eighteenth, so that's a good result. When actually we're a lot better than that. I mean, you know, all this oh, we're betting against, you know, we're betting well above our, our where we are and the financial and all this lot. We've got some class players. What other clubs would wrap up without a shadow of a doubt? If we suddenly went right, doors were open, buy you want. We would lose the team because players there, Cooper, Romeo, Jed, etc., etc. They're class players. My second concern is, yes, I'm excited for next season. I'm looking forward to Rowley actually building his team rather than taking on Harris's team as such. But my concern there is, are we, are, you know, my jury's still out really on Rowley. Are we looking at the same with, with Steve Lomas, as much as he was a pun? The, the brains of that operation, what he had when he was in Scotland, didn't come with him to Millwall. And is the brains of the operation Callum Richardson? And now that Callum Richardson's left, Gary's got to get that number two absolutely spot on to be able to create that thing. Because we know that he's good defensively. We spoke briefly about it last show, that he's good defensively. And then you need a good attacking coach. Who's going to be the attacking coach? I mean, there's rumours that obviously, what's his name? He used to have Kevin Phillips, didn't he? That's what he's going to say. I've that before, but I mean, the, the um, Burnett, who's there, is it? Um, Alan Barrett, uh, South End, yeah. There, that he wants to stay, which is great, you know, and hopefully they form a good partnership. But the subs and everything else just seem to be, yeah, it, it, they just seem to be crazy decisions. Like you said there, you know, you, you put on a player when you've already been ripped apart down there, you put a player on where, you're just going to open yourself up even more. So my concern is hopefully that he gets a good number two and it moves forward. Um, but I am over. I mean, I'm like you, Kev. You know, glasses are for. I think it's it's been a long, hard season. We've had a big break in between. To suddenly come back for three weeks of, of games being played Saturday to Tuesday ain't easy for anyone. And your legs must be absolutely screaming. And yeah, no, look, it, next season we move on. Uh, Huddersfield play, win or lose, we move on. And it is what it is, isn't it? But next season will be the one where we can judge him properly. It's disappointing, though, because obviously we had three, three wins out of eight when we've come back. And if you look at it and you think beforehand, you're thinking, can you get in there? But you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought we've only got three wins out of eight so far. I mean, Huddersfield's kind of going to be a dead rubber game, so who knows what's going to happen. But when you look at the fixtures, seeing who's playing the likes of Barnsley, who's struggling, Hull... Charlton, obviously, who's normally a good result for us. Blackburn at home, QPO, got nothing to play for. You're looking at games thinking they're like, if the boys are up for it, maybe we can get five or six wins here. And I know it's difficult. A lot of clubs are in the same situation where you've had the run of games and it's hard to deal with it. Is the squad big enough? I mean, obviously, Bod Varton was injured for the majority of it. O'Brien still hasn't come back. I guess we're missing squad. And he won't be coming back now. No, that's it. Yeah, that's another thing we saw today. I think he's not coming back at all, is he? So, I don't know if he's going to get a last hurrah on Wednesday if he's fitter or anything as such. But, I don't know. I mean, is it? I get what you guys are saying, but we've got one of the best defences, yeah, in the league. I think we're in the top six for goals against. So, 
I mean, that's like, you know, obviously from where he was last season, it's a big improvement. And where you think about it, though, I know we're looking at criticising the old game here or there where his decisions have gone wrong, but hopefully he replaces Cam Davidson and maybe we can bring in someone attack-minded, like you're saying. But I think considering where he came in October and we was near the bottom, to be top 10 guaranteed coming into the season, it's got to be, you know, job well done, really, hasn't it? You can't fault he's had a good job. He's done, he's done great to where we were, to where we are now. No one would have thought we would have been a chance of getting into the top six. When Harris left, we've done fucking superbly well. And we can't take anything away from him. But towards the end of this season, whether it be because of COVID or whatever, but the players, not necessarily the manager, but the players were definitely getting found out. If you would have said to me in August, after we had our bellies tickled at Fulham, and I walked out with 15 minutes to go, you would say you're going to finish in the top 10 at the end of this season. I would have put you in the back of a lorry and put you in a padded cell because we were not a team destined for the top ten. Now, you're absolutely right. I think lockdown has hit. Not uh, hit, hit us. I think the momentum definitely was gone after the Forest game. I mean, one of the best performances. It doesn't help with injuries. Um, and and, Chum, and the, the injuries were up top. Uh, with and even Bennett, free, uh, and... And the confidence of, of Brad, like the lack of goals from Bradshaw since January and relying on Smith mainly. And he was only playing half the game. So, you know, the problem was up top. Um, other people had to put in shifts. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm, I've never been so optimistic. I was so pleasing to see. And to be fair, even though we lost 4-3, we were still fighting to the end. And really, truthfully, it should have been 4-4 because that was never offside. That so we could be talking about a point rather than none. No, definitely. I think I was going to talk about Bennett, actually. You, we mentioned Bennett. Is that a bit of a sick note there? I mean, obviously, I look at him. I see the perks he brings to the side. Raw pace, power, strength. I pull out to Kev or Lee. Maybe you guys could try him in here. But is he a sick note? Or should we be worried about signing him for next season? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm worried about signing him. Um, because I, I'm led to believe he might be on a free at the end of the, of the year. Is that right? He could I be on a free? He's yeah. meant to be, but apparently we've instead got a, uh, he's got another year, but we've got a deal in place to sign him if we want to. Sure. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a fit Bennett walks into that starting eleven every week, and we are different when, and we are we are stronger down that left hand side. And the link that he started to form with Ferguson or Murray Wallace is really exciting to see. Is he going to demand big wages? Yes, we we know he is. Are we going to potentially be paying a lot of money to someone who is going to be on the bench a lot, or sorry, you know, not playing because of injury? It, it does worry me. It, it, it worries me bringing in someone like that um, if he can keep him fit, but. Is it is it that rushing back in from from obviously the coronavirus situation? Is it that rush back and him potentially not being ready and them almost gambling on his fitness? I'm not sure. Um, if we can keep him fit, he, he, we have to have him next year. Along with Ryan Woods, we, we need both of them in there without a doubt. Yeah, because I don't think it's necessarily a flip of the coin. But I mean, we signed him and he was injured. He's come played a few games, got injured, and it's like. It's yeah. just a stop, start, stop, start. But Lee, you got anything to add on Mason Bennett yourself? Or yeah, just I think just pick up on that point about whether or not he was ready. I think it was three separate injuries he's he's picked up. I mean, a lot of people were mentioning the, the the fact that he seems to be made of glass, and it's it's a shame because I agree with all of you. I think he's he's a quality player, and when fit, it's a no brainer. You've got to sign him. He brings a lot of quality to the side. Um, he, he's got something that we we don't have anywhere else in the squad. So, for me, as I said, you know, he's got a couple of goals. You know, I think he was unreal at uh, Forest when he was up at, uh, up at Forest away. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just whether or not we can keep him fit because, as, as, as Kev just said there, he ain't going to come cheap, you know, you know, transfers or wages. 
So uh, uh, we've seen the likes of, uh, of Yuri Scalic, you know, one of our top earners, you know, and, and really playing. You know, if, if you're paying top dollar for, for a player, you expect not only to, to see him play week in, week out, but delivering on a regular basis as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it, it, the fitness thing is the only concern for me in terms of quality. It's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I've got to agree. I mean, it's, it's a hard one. I think we probably will take the risk on him. I think we should do, because obviously he's done enough on the pitch, I think, to earn a contract. But it's just whether or not you can put something in there to secure the club a little bit. I don't know. Mickey, is it something we could do? I don't know. What do you reckon? He's on contract till um, for June 2021 with Derby because I think what Derby did was basically extended his contract before they loaned him out to us. So they stuck a loan on him because they thought that if he played well for us, we'd get him for nothing. So they've literally whacked an extra contract and go from there. But I, I think he's a cracking player and he brings something to us. But, you know, the problem is, is that it is that he was injury prone or he is injury prone potentially what he's seen here but that could be could be down to coronavirus as well not not training as as regular as you were the big time out etc I mean don't forget the reason we didn't sign Bart first was because of the the knee injury was picked up on the medical and then I think we've done a deal probably a paper a paper game sort of deal in case his knee went but you know you wouldn't swap Bart for love nor money at the moment, would you? Good point. Okay, so I guess we've discussed, obviously, the games. We'll look towards the close season and what we're expecting. I think, Mickey, you've, I don't know, you've, you've read something somewhere about when's the season going to start. You've, you've found a date at 12th September, maybe, or something you said? Allegedly, the 12th of September is going to be the date, or, or possibly, or the week after, is going to be the date when the football season starts again. Whether or not that's 100%, I don't know. I've got it from quite good sources. So there is a potential that it is going to be true. And then fans allegedly, I'm hearing potentially towards the end of September, October. But again, you're looking at maybe 20% stadium capacity. Is that something we can do? Or would you reckon that's going to, how's that going to work? Are you going to tell me to turn up one game and then you turn up the next game? Or how's that going to work? Give us a North stand. Yeah, well, I I just (laughs) hope that those fans what already brought their season ticket on the early bird state, on the early bird, are the ones will get looked after. Look, I'm not a season ticket. I, I, I go to games, I pay for games, etc. I know I pay more, but I go there because I like being able to swap different bases, sit with people, etc., etc. But I honestly believe that as long as the club looks after those who've already given the money and invested the money over this real hard period, then they're the ones who need to be looked after. If they're looked after first and they're made sure that they're going to be rewarded for making that investment first, do you know what? I deal with it. If, it, if it's... You have to go into a ballot for a game. Do you know what? I'll go into a ballot for a game. You've got to look at the consequences now. I mean, my missus is a bit risk and my my boy's a bit risk. So, you know, I'm all right with watching it on the on the box for now until it gets a bit more normality to a degree. But as long as those fans are looked after first, then I think yeah, I think it will work out whatever. You know, it is what it is. How have you guys all found watching it on the iFollow? I know, obviously, we all go to the games, home and away, most of us. How's it been watching it on TV? Have you, I've, I've one have missed it. I mean, it's crazy to think it's four and a half months ago since we was up in Nottingham to watch the game. So, how have you not found it? Did anyone see the Blackburn goal? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get on to that one later on, I think. I feel like. <laughs> but yeah, how have you found it? Obviously, not watching the games in person. I I hate it. I really hate it. Even when Mill on Sky, I hate it. It's just the fact that you're you're not in your comfort zone. All right. The only good thing about it is that you can drink whilst watching the game of football. Um, but the, I mean, the, com- the guys who do the commentary and I follow, I, I think have been good. I mean, 
our legend Les Bride is on there as well, which is good. Billy, Billy Taylor as well, part of the club. They're all good boys that do it. It's just the television coverage itself. As you said, nobody saw uh, the black, was it the Blackburn goal? Um, and whoever, the producers of that or by a follow need to realise that, you know, a throw on or a tackle doesn't need six or seven replays. You know, keep up to date with the action. I think there's some clubs that have actually taken, have come away from my follow to do their own thing. And, and you know what, fair play to them on that. I think that might be a way forward. But if, if you know, if that's the way we're going in the future where, you know, play, fans cannot go to the game because of the reduced capacities, the demand on iFollow is going to be large and they need to improve the, the, the visual coverage uh, to make sure that they've got a lot of happy campers. And I'm not just saying it for me, what I've, I've had friends who are other clubs that have said the same thing, you know, it's poor. No, definitely. I mean, Lee, uh, Kev, yourselves, how have you been finding the iFollow coverage? Oh, listen, there's no substitute for uh, going to a game, is there? Um, you know, as I said, you know, as, as Mick knows, me, me and my three boys go every single home game and, and most away, uh, and, and there is no substitute for it. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that not everyone's as fortunate as, as some of us that, that can't get to the games. So, you know, for those people that, that, that can't, obviously it's a, it's a great alternative for, for them. But, yeah, listen, coverage hasn't been brilliant, but it's the next best thing in the situation that we're in, isn't it? Um, I'm, I'm grateful, obviously, that I've been able to kind of continue being able to watch the games. But, but yeah, we're, we're missing it. And, and I'm getting here from my boys now. You know, you know, they all ask me every game, Dad, why aren't we there? Um, and then, you know, Mick's just hit us there that the season could be starting again in September, but it might be a month again behind closed doors before we can get back in there. And then you've obviously got the, the other bit you brought up, Mick, where potentially not all of us can get in there. And I do like your idea, by the way, of the early bird scenes that I was getting in because I was one of them. So from a personal um, yeah. perspective, Mick, I'll take that one. I think that there's going to be loads of things, loads of rules that are going to come in. I mean, if you think about it logistically, burgers, drinks, etc. Are they going to have to tip all your drinks into into containers, or are you just going to be given a bottle now? Are beer beers going to have to be served in a bottle rather than in a pint? So is it going to be more staff when the entrance is in? Your burgers, you etc. etc. are going to be slightly different how they're served. You, I think you know. Are you going to have to wear masks? What the fuck? What the fuck is going to happen with the toilets? I've got no idea, um, because they can't even police. The bollocks what goes on in there now, let alone what they're going to do. What they're going to stand outside, sorry, one person at a time having a piss. And, you know, he's going in there and he thinks, hang on, I've got to have a bit of a fucking, a beer going, I've got to fucking have one of my fags as well. It ain't going to work. Um, so I think it'll be, it'll be managed to an inch of the life. I think we'd be made to sit in our own seats because I think that the way that it's spaced out, you're probably going to have to stay in your seats. Certain sections are probably going to be closed. Logistically, it's going to be a nightmare. And also, 20, 30% of the fan base in the club, the club's not going to make any money. No, you're right. I mean, from my personal point of view, you're telling me when we score a goal, I can't get out of my seat and celebrate, or, you know, there's going to be loads of things to it that just takes away. But I suppose there's no replacement to actually being at the games. So, I mean, at any kind of length right now, I'd, I'd be anything to get to be there and sort of thing. So, I know, it's going to be tough, though. Question of will there be away fans? I don't know. I can, I can make inquiries and find out. Not now, but I can make inquiries. <laughs> I, I think the sensible answer to that one would, would, would be no. If, if you're limiting the amount of uh, own fans that can come in, I think you need to open up 
the away section. For, and someone mentioned it early on about the North Stand being open to home supporters. I think you need to spread that out. Obviously, it's not ideal because you know we want to go away games as well. I get that. But you know the, the next best thing, if, if we can only open like 20%, 25% of each stand, then I think you know to try and get as, as, as much revenue in for the club and as much supporters in the club, then we need to be able to utilise that North Stand somehow. When you think realistically, our, our stadium, okay, it's a 22,500-seater stadium, but realistically, most match days, we've got a capacity of about, what, 18,000, if that, maybe just over. So, what's that? That's 10%, 1,800. So, we're probably not realistically, three, maybe three and a half grand max. And you think season ticket holders normally, what, six to nine 9,000 season ticket holders? You've got a lot of people who ain't going to be able to go in there. And then... What, what potentially you're going to have, say they open it up, I mean, you know, devil's advocate possibly and, and knowing how the fan base works, you think realistically you're going to have maybe three, say, say they, they allow in two and a half thousand fans, right? Two and a half thousand fans go in, they can watch. you telling me you ain't going to have about 10,000 standing outside the gate? You, you will, won't you? Because everyone mm. else should be wanting to see that if someone leaves, they can get in or, you know, if if they can let more people in, at least you're there. If they, if they go decide that, actually, we can let a few more in, you want to be there to get in, don't you? So the chances are most of them going. I mean, it's like talking about fans of games. There's a lot of it all over Twitter, social media and all that, where people are slagging off these fans who have been going to the away games and all that. Some of these, and I know some of them, and they're, you know, they're solid fans, but they've not missed a game in, in years, absolute years. And the reason they're still going is because they want to carry on not missing a game. And as much as people go, oh, yeah, but you just stand there and say, well, yeah, you know what, maybe they are. But, you know, if they, if they don't want to miss a game and they feel that missing a game is is affecting their record, then, you know what, good luck to them. It don't hurt me. They want to go stand outside Derby or they want to go stand outside QPR, you know, in the cold, in the rain or whatever. <laughs> it don't affect me. It's up to them, mate. Do you know what I mean? Is there any consolation to having no fans? I mean... If that means Leeds fans missed their season back in the Premier League, I mean, that's something to talk about, right? And something to laugh about. So, if there's any consolation to take from it. Um, I guess we'll move on to, obviously, about the close season. We spoke briefly about if we'd sign Bennett or not. And last week, we kind of came to the conclusion that the forward areas, and it seems like the same thing here is we need to improve forward areas. I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot because I know we haven't really given you too much to think about. But where do you think we'll improve in the summer? And if you guys were in charge, who would you be looking to bring in yourselves? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it is the forward areas that we need to we need to look at, uh, you know, first and foremost, foremostly. But do you know what? the Like I said, and, and go back to earlier, I don't think there is a whole lot missing from this team at the moment. And Mickey, you alluded to, to it earlier that, we have got some really good players in there and it maybe is just two or three that we're missing. And we make a big thing as a club and as a, as a group of fans that they have to be the right kind of player that come in here. They have to be the Millwall-type player. And, you know, I, I suppose, what does that look like under, under Gary Rout? Because defensively, we know we're pretty sound. We do look exciting going forward. We are really good in the, the creating part of the attack. It's just that finishing part for me. And how much are you going to have to spend? And, how much money are we going to have now in, a, in almost a new world to be able to go out and get the player that, that is going to finish these attacks? Because like I say, I think we are maybe two-thirds of the way there with what we've got. It's just we're missing that little final bit in the final third. And is that a nine? Is that someone who plays off the knot? I, I, personally, I don't know the answer to that question, but I do trust Gary Rout to go out and, and probably already be halfway to getting the players that he thinks going to finish that off. I really do. 
So, yeah, really interesting to see who he brings in. Who it is, I couldn't tell you. Not a clue. <laughs> well, no, I did put you on the spot there a little bit. I mean... Did I get out, did I get out of that well enough? You've done all right. You've done all right. I mean, if, if you lot said to me at the start of the season when we signed Matt Smith, he'd had 14 goals for the last game of the season. I mean... He's done a good job for us, hasn't he? I mean, I, th- I think he's obviously been a player that obviously he's not really got loads of goals notoriously, but I think he's averaging a goal every 130 minutes or something. I saw a stat the other day. So if you're looking for a goal scorer, maybe we've already got one. I mean, I think he's obviously not the f- mobile forward, so to speak. And I think we said it last week where we look a better team when maybe Bradshaw's in the side because he's able to press, track down players and stuff like that. So, Lee, I mean, what do you, what do you reckon? Who do you reckon we could see in this close season, if anyone at all? I think we all went pretty quiet there on, on, on Matt Smith. Really. Yeah. And, yeah, I think we're doing him a bit of un- injustice because, yeah, listen, he, he's a great striker. I think um, everyone knows uh, the oppositions that we played, knows the, the, the threat that he brings. Um, so, you know, when you've got the likes of, of, of Jed and Mahoney when he's on knocking in them, them crosses, you know, he's, he's going to do all we can to get on the end of it. And, and sometimes I feel you, you've got, he's definitely being man-marked. Sometimes you've got two uh, over him. And I, and I think a lot of the time, I think we see it in the Charlton game, a couple of uh, pens I think we, we, we potentially could have had against him. But you're right, he's, he does get goals. But I think you, he, he, if you're going to play him up top, I think you're going to need to, to have someone, um, and, I, and I don't know who it is, I'm going to sit on the same fence as Kev there in terms of who that might be. Um, because I think the jury's still out with Bradshaw, but you need someone up there to to, to do all that work that he can't do, because he, he he's not you know that that kind of athlete guy that your Bradshaws and your Gregorys are. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I'm not a fan of, well, I'm a massive fan of either of those two in, in terms of Bradshaw and Gregory. They they work really hard. I mean, Bradshaw looks like he's he can play until the end of the year, two games a week and not score again. Um, you know, and, and, and I think Gregory had his, his, his doubts in terms of the amount of goals he can score at championship level. But uh, they certainly work hard. You just need to kind of find that right formula. But yeah, definitely Matt Smith can get goals. Just needs a little bit more game time for me. Yeah, I think we spoke about it last week and we were saying, would you guys go to the Premier League for a lone player or what would you be thinking? Like, if you're going to get a goal scorer somewhere, where's the best place to pluck one from? Well, that's going to be my next answer. I mean, I think we need to try and work that um, well. I mean... We, I know it's, it's been a long time since we had Harry Kane down here, but, you, you know, how many times that worked for us? Glenn Johnson, Andros Townsend, you, you know, it, it, it's been loads that have worked out for us. And, and, and I think we, we have to be realistic in terms of our budget. We're not going to be able to go and buy a £10 million striker. You know, you, you look at, I mean, someone quoted on Twitter early on saying, let's go for that Ivan Tony at Peterborough. But, I mean, people are quoting £12, £15 million for him and he's in League One. So, oh, you know, whether or not he is the right person, Mick, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's just ridiculous uh, amount of money. So, I think you do have to go and look at a, a young striker that ain't been discovered yet and, and, and see if we can kind of work that low market for me. I, I, I agree. I think, you know, our fan base is some days crazy as hell. I mean, Daily Star runs a bullshit story about Harry Kane who played you know, happy to play at Millwall for fucking free kebabs. And our fans are fucking eating up. I mean, we put something out joking. Peter Crouch, you mean, right? You said Harry Kane there. You mean Peter Crouch, right? Peter Crouch, <laughs> Peter Crouch fucking um, would play for us for fucking kebabs. And you're thinking, mate, really? You know, it's obviously a dead story for the for the paper day. And they just, you know, it's probably something called his podcast um, where he's joked and said, you know, he said the other week that he wants to get back into football. He misses it like hell. And he still thinks he can he can play in a championship, and he probably could for us. I mean, it'd be a great signing, but I, I don't think, to be fair, I don't think we could fucking afford him. He's still class player potentially, 
Um, but could we afford him on the money what he probably want? I mean, if you think you're going to get Peter Crouch for less than maybe 25 grand a week, I think you're living in fucking cloud cuckoo land. I think you don't really need Peter Crouch when you've got Matt Smith, for example. Anyway, it's the same type of player, isn't it? So, On Matt Smith to the panel who are here, do you think he's going to be in next season? No, I think so. You're shaking your head, Matt. What do you reckon? No, I mean, as much as I want to see him for another season, I just there's something in my in my system where I don't think he, he fits the plans for you know he's been, like I say oh, I think he's been phenomenal to to play the way he plays and score 14 is the manager is obviously not favoured so it's a huge credentials for you I think um, funny enough I was just when you were talking about what players are and I've already I've already written down four and and you know, I. And you want that Premier League player that you could bring down into championship. Well, there's a player of um, very creative midfielder, and was at Lone and Reading. This he could be a, a great option. He's a local lad as well. Um, but then I'll go to the likes of um, I think I think Corley Woodrow or Connor Chaplin could be uh, a pl- players we could probably target. Uh, and then. If you, another striker could be Connor Wickham at, at Sheffield, who's still. You know, I, I, I thought these players could bring something more to the team. But back to the original thing about Matt Smith, as much as I want him to stay, and I, I just can't see him going. I, I, I personally think he could be following. He's uh, up in for personally speaking, because I think a certain manager in Cardiff has liked him for a long while, and I think he could be a nice replacement for that Mendes Lang or whoever they've got up front. I mean, I think Smith offers a plan B, so to speak. And I think he's known that most of his career. I mean, I think he's played probably the least out of the forward line. Like, I think he's only played like 1,800 minutes or something silly. So I think he's he knows where his place is. Whether he thinks it's a good squad atmosphere here, I know I've got some part of role to play. I mean, it's open to debate. I mean, we look away from the forward line just for a minute. I mean, we mentioned Ryan Woods against Blackburn. He was top draw. And I think on Saturday, he kind of... Try to get going, but I mean, he's quite clearly maybe our key asset that we need to sign, especially how Warwick wants us to play, right? He's the first one you've got to go and get. He's the first one you've got to take care of before. And like I said, Gary Rowe's probably speaking to lots of different players and, and lots of different things are potentially already set up. But for me, Ryan Woods and, and play the way that we want to play under Gary Rowe next year, he's the first one you've got to go and get before anyone else. Get him sorted early doors. I think he just makes us tick, doesn't he? I think he, he kind of knows how Riot wants him to play. And, I mean, he gets a lot of criticism sometimes for coming deep and getting the ball, especially when we play for it at the back. But I think when you get him on the ball and he's passing around, especially how he did in the first half against Blackburn, I mean, that's the best we've played since we've come back from lockdown, where he's getting on the ball, he's picking out passes, and they're all forward passes as well. It's not just playing it back mm. to the defender and trying to cycle the play, so to speak. It's getting on the ball, turning around and trying to make something happen. So... I think, yeah, quite clearly he's top priority after group, yeah. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot said with obviously no fans in the stadium about obviously being that little bit quieter and being able to hear what the players are saying, how much he organises that group around him and mm-hmm. potentially you miss that with the fans being there and, you know, I don't, you can't get enough of those kind of players. So, yeah, I, like you say, he's not just a getting, getting then just play it back to the other centre-back or just play it sideways. He does look forward and then, like I say, we've got to go and get him before we go and get anyone else. I really do believe that. Lee, Matt, agree? Oh, 100%. I, I, I back him up there. He's, he, he's your first signing. If, if that uh, deal is doable, then he's got to get it done 100%. I mean, his form's been insane. I've seen him for the first couple of games. I weren't too sure of him. I thought to myself, that's, you know, I can see why Stoke have kind of uh, shipped him out. But but now looking at him, as you say, in that Blackburn game, and 
for most of the games since we've back, been back since lockdown, how's he not getting in that Stoke side? You know, we, 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 the way they're struggling, I, I, I can't see it. But I don't know how much wages he's on. You know, I think he cost a little bit of money when he when when Stoke signed him. So I don't know how doable it is. But like he said, if we can do it, it's got to be done. No brainer. I think he um I think he had a four or five million pound tag on his head when he went to Stoke. I think Rowett is one that signed him actually. So obviously Rowett sees him as a player that is obviously key to how he wants to play so I mean it sounds like we had a deal in place with with Bennett if we want to get him I imagine there will be some sort of figure on Wood's head that the club knows about and I have to agree I think Matt do you agree as well I think he's probably the first time we've got to make yeah absolutely and it says it all when QPR again put two players on him from the first minute they know our danger player was the creative player that that to me says it all that we need him um, you know at first, I was a bit similar with Lay. At first couple of games, I was a bit uh, cautious. Um, I think it was more as a point because we've never had that. I mean, I call them Hollywood passes. They were, he, he pulls out these Hollywood passes to the wings. You know, nine times out of ten, they're quite accurate. But we never had that before. You know, as far as we were concerned, it was hoofball, hoofball, hoofball. Woods comes in, pings them out wide, or looks to, gets the ball, looks to play, looks to go forward. We were not used to that. So I think we was a bit of a... We all came, we took a like, step back for, well, who's this? So we was all a bit cautious. And yeah, um, and just back, back when Nick says, like, the voice, like, you can hear him. You know, he's, he's, he's been with us, what, I don't know, say five minutes, and he's already vocal with the team. So, you know, mm-hmm. that to me tells you he has got to be priority number one in getting through the door. Because as much as the midfield we've got at the moment, we're, he, they're, they're, with the greatest effect, not a patch on Ron was absolutely not a patch. He is, uh, I think, Williams' long-term replacement, isn't he? I think Williams is probably going to get faded out of the team completely at this point. I mean, obviously, he's been around for a long while now and done a good job for us since he's been here. So, But yeah, Mickey, God, sorry, I'll cut you out there. That's what Ryan Woods allegedly, the current value on um, on transfer market is £2.8 million. Um, He was up, up before, but the strange fact on there is that um, within Stoke team with this analysis and everything else, he is ranked as the eighth best player in Stoke. Yeah, he, he ain't getting a game there. Is that based on what value you mean, sorry? Or... Yeah, yeah, well, on, on this, uh, you know, on the value and everything else, he's ranked, uh, uh, um, he's ranked at number eight amongst all Stoke City um, team and he's ranked 96 in the championship. So, Triple. But his value has gone down since he's been with Millwall. When he, when he was at Stoke uh, in June last year, his value was four and a half million. And then when he came to us, it went to 3.6 in February. And now in April, uh, 2.8. But sources I've spoken to reckon that lots and lots and lots of players' transfer figures have just suddenly hit the ground and crashed because of COVID. I mean, you, you, I mean, you're right there. I mean, with the market, if players want to move on, you're looking at more cheaper deals, I suppose, aren't you? Clubs are struggling for cash. Clubs are in administration. Be interesting. I think we're quite lucky in that sense. We've said it a few times, Mickey, how we're quite run like a business, ain't we? And we're, we're kind of smartly looked after by John Berylson. And times they issue, I'll be thankful for that, I think, because obviously he's going to write off a big loss for not playing any games for three or four months. And hopefully we'll still compete in the market and get the players right at once, I suppose. Look at other sides in the team. I mean, one other area I'm looking at where I'm thinking where we're weak is probably left-back. I know Wallace has come in and done a good job there and probably arguably a contender for player of the season because when he signed, he signed as a centre-half. But I don't know what you guys think. I think we're missing having 
a Marlon Romeo at left back, so to speak, especially how he gets up the pitch. If I feel like we'd be afraid if we had another left back that plays like Romeo. Don't know what you guys think. I think we've got a very good attacking left back, but he's still very young in junior tensia. He's he, from what I mean, I, I haven't seen many of the youth games, but the games I have seen and he's played, and even the 23s, he's something of a of a hot prospect. Is he too young to get into the team? Do you know what? I would give him a gamble. Well, you know, try it. And yeah, Murray Wallace has been a revelation to some degree at left back. Um, but that little cutting edge going forward, yeah, we will need someone else. Junior has got the uh, potential to make that his, uh, his, uh, his position. I felt sorry for Wallace when he first came because I think he, he came as a centre-half and he's never going to get in the team in front of Cooper. I mean, you know, you've got Jake Cooper left side of centre-half, Hutchison right side of centre-half and you're not going to get into the side. And then... I remember he played left back and went through a bad stage of form when Harris was under pressure last year. And I think he got written off in a way, but then he scored that winner against Everton and then he came back. And I, I agree, I think this season he has, he has probably been one of our unsung heroes to an extent. A bit like an Andy Frampton was 10 years ago for us. You know what I mean? Like playing left back and just doing a job. But I do think we're missing out with not having an attacking fullback. I don't know, Kevin Lee, if you agree or what do you think about that? Yeah, I suppose it, it all ties in with how we want to play next year. So does he want to play with that that back three that, you know, has wing-backs that bomb on? But I don't know. I I, I really like Ferguson there. I think Ferguson and, and the link that uh, Bennett was starting to form has lots of potential. And, um, and, yeah, going back to what Matt's just said about, you know, the young lad there. Why not play him? Why not play him Wednesday against Huddersfield? Why not have a go? Nothing to play for. Mm-hmm. Why not let let's you know let's throw a few of the young lads in and not not almost just sort of go go and show us what you've got, but just let them have a little go. Let them have a go. There's nothing to lose. Uh, you know that might then give us a better idea about what we we do need in that position next year. But yeah, I, 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 I like you say Murray Wallace. What you know. Real, real solid season from him and uh, perhaps done things that we didn't expect from him and perhaps has adapted how he plays based on the way that Rout wants to play. So, um, but yeah, the only thing with that, obviously, is the priority position of what he wants to look at next year as he looked at it and gone, yeah, that does need addressing, but we need others elsewhere at this point, perhaps. I don't know. Lee, anything to add on that? Yeah, I think just got two different players there in in, in Murray Wallace and, and Shane Ferguson. Ferguson, one of, um, he frustrates me a little bit, if I'm honest, because uh, I mean, one game he can can be dreadful, and, and another game he can be absolutely unbelievable. So you, you you need him turning up, you know, consistently. I think you know, last couple of games, I think he's he's been fairly decent. You know, with some decent balls in the box and everything when he gets forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, Murray Wallace, I spoke to a lot of people that voted him as as their player of the year. Uh, you know, he didn't get my vote, but listen, if he, if he got it, then then it's a fair shout. I think so someone just mentioned just now, he did used to get a lot of stick, um, but, but fair play to him. I think he's adapting to that position really, really well. And, you know, we've mentioned three players there that are currently in the squad. So, again, I agree with Kev in terms of, is that going to be priority, being that we have got three players already there? No, good point. I mean, you mentioned your player of the year vote there. I mean, I guess Matt and Kev, who have you boys voted for player of the year, if you want to reveal? Bar, yeah, so, bar consistently, consistently good. You know, all right, yeah, I'm a, I've got a bit of goalkeepers union with me because of uh, my son plays in goal and I coach goalkeepers. So, but no, he's been, he's been different gravy for us. Um, 
initially the reserve goalkeeper, <laughs> goalkeeper and then unfortunately Frank Fielding had that injury, the forgotten, the forgotten player. And uh, But no, I think in terms of, as opposed to our players scoring crucial goals or creating crucial goals, I think Bart has stopped at saved crucial goals. And, you know, for me, he was, he was my, my vote. Same with you, Kev, then. Yeah, I, I went with Bart. And it, it, in a way, it seems mad that the, the season Jed Wallace has had that we're not maybe picking him. But, yeah, Bart's just been... Uh, he's, it, 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 our defensive um, strengths, I, I feel, are really built on what Bart offers. And, and that back three, back five, whatever it is they're playing as, to have him behind us just, just had something that we've not, I feel, had since maybe David Ford. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, for me, uh, player of the season and probably slightly unlucky for Jed Wallace because he's also had a very, very good season and perhaps gets a little bit of criticism undeserved in my opinion. But, you know, it, it's yeah, it, it could have gone either way with those two, I suppose. It's interesting because I think last season was the same story, but then Gregory got played the season, didn't he? I think maybe a lot of people kind of thought he's leaving, he grafted, he tried. And, but a lot of the time, attacking players don't really get it. I remember... Years ago, Frampton won it. Dunny's won it. Robbo won it a few times. Mickey, who have you voted for? Did you cast the vote? It's got to be Bart. Yeah. Bart is, if it weren't for him in goal, we'd have been fucked this season. Um, I think he's just been consistent. He's been on fire. And you know what? Against QPR, to be fair, we were, we were due a fucking a bad day for him at the office. But even there, he still pulled off a couple of blinding saves. It, yeah, uh, it, it's got to be him. If it ain't him, then, yeah, people just aren't voting for the best player. They're voting for the player they like. Fair point. I mean, I was reading the other day about, uh, right, I guess we'll look to Wednesday. I know Kev mentioned about playing some young players, but he said he's not going to play players for the sake of it. He's going to maybe play a side that looks the next season. I guess he wants to, sounded like he wants to get the win to take it into the close season because I guess the players won't be off for a long time. What are we thinking to Wednesday? I know you said about changing the team around. I mean, Matt and Lee, do you guys think the same or do you want to see a, a comprehensive win to go away with or what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I don't, listen, I, I don't think, you know, the, the, the result matters now, does it? Um, the season's over. Um, I, I... I think that Gary Rowe does need to have a look at one or two players that just ain't been getting that game time. I want to see the likes of Billy Mitchell have a, you know, a, another full game. Um, I want to see Colin Maloney play a full game. Um, I, I'm not too sure you know, why he's not been playing. I mean, when he comes on, you know, he, he, he's got you know, glimpses when, I think for the first five minutes of, of, of when he came on against Middlesbrough, he looked dangerous, looked like he could ch- uh, change the game. And, and, and there's been other games as well. For me, I think his best performance of the season was, I think, New Year's Day, Luton. I think he was, uh, he'd come on and, and, and changed the game around. But I think with him, I think he just needs more game time. Um, you know, I, I, I can see why he hasn't. You know, there's been games where he just didn't look strong enough, um, looks a little bit too lightweight. But I think give him a run of games when he's fit, you know, again, one of our high earners for a reason. I think he's got a bit of quality about him. So I like to see him get a full game. Um, and as, as I said, we, we, we mentioned one or two other youngsters that, or, or, or players that are on the verge of the team. You know, I think Gary just needs to have a little look. Um, uh, I, I think by now he should know what players uh, he's going to want to retain. Um, I think we, we, we haven't kind of mentioned, we, we mentioned a little bit of cheering that in, in terms of the, the players that we want to see. We know AOB's leaving. But for, for me, I mean, you know, again, I've mentioned it early on in the show, Yuri Skalak, you know, Top earner, doesn't offer anything. 
I think you know he, he's got to go and, and, and free up uh, some, some some wages there, and we need to cut losses on him. I'm just freaking offload him or not. I mean, is anyone going to take him off us? Because he's not really been hitting the heights. I mean, I imagine he's probably got another year left on his deal. The club don't really say anymore. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the likes of Skalak, I mean, Bodvarsson, would you keep him, you lot? Or I think he's still got something to offer now? Or, yeah? I'll start him. I would start him. There's something about him. There's something about Bodvarsson that I like if we played him in that central striker role. I think I was actually going to say on, on Wednesday, I'd have him central, Jed one side, Mahoney the other side. Let's see how that works. Pace up top, bit of a, you know, the has got a, a, a very good touch on him compared to other strikers, and I don't want to name them because I don't want to start digging them out. But there's something about him that I really like. And I, I mean, for me, I'd keep him, I'd give him one more season. And I, believe, I, I just think there is something about Jay. John Daddy, that we'll see the best of him next year. Um, I like, I say, Billy, give Billy a shout, run out, probably give him that right wing back role that he's decided to discover um, on Wednesday. But, and then give, like I say, as Nick say, I'll give the likes of Junior Tensi a shout at left left wing back, if if not starting, but at least from on the bench. But then stick the others on the bench, like Tyler Bury, you know, we, we signed him last summer from Wimbledon. He's been playing in the 23s. Well, let's put him on the bench and let's hopefully might see him run out. Uh, Muller as well. Stick. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with a strong team. I'll stick with a strong team and just see the end of the season on a higher, but at least throw a few of the kids on the bench at least. So if, for instance, the the, the game has been wrapped up or it's a dead rubber or it's a draw, then we just start putting them on and seeing what they're all about, really. And, um, you know, I, I think with the fact that because he hasn't, he's got Adam Barrett as number two and he's put, and then he's up. Kevin Nugent's role from under 23s to be first team coach. I think we might see a bit of that come our way. Um, but yeah, no, we've got some JDB. I, I am, yeah, I'm a fan. I like him and I would start him on, on Wednesday. What's happened? What's happened to Jason McCarthy? He got pushed out, didn't he? He was loaned out to Wickham and then I don't think he was eligible to play for them. And I think he was told not to turn up to train for when they came back from lockdown. So, I mean, I don't think it was character or anything as such but I think he just didn't really fit in at the club I guess and I guess he'll be shipped off to Wickham probably because they got promoted to the championship so I imagine he'll be playing there next season to be honest I think I agree with you about Bodfardson I think he infuriates me but also makes me excited at the same time he seems to get in them positions like he reads the game well in a sense he'll be in the right place at the right time but I remember when he was at Sheffield Wednesday and he's threw on goal in the 96th minute yeah. and he skies yeah. it in the air and he gets booed yeah. off and all that stuff that's us when our heart and our sleep but I remember sitting there thinking all things about him, to be honest. But then he's, I think he scored a couple of games later. So he's got that bit of class about him. He's obviously come from abroad and he's got something about him. But it'll be interesting to see if he does get a run of games, if we can afford to give him that start next season. If he does stick around, then we'll see what happens with him, I suppose. Mm. Mickey, um, Bud Farton, would you keep him? Definitely. Yeah? I think he gives us something there. But again, I think he needs to be played in a full-on, you know, that's right. I'd rather see him like you said, mate. Um, playing, you know, central attacks, playing up there and having a go because he he, he commits himself 100%. Um, and when he does play, he's there. But it's just it's just getting him in there to play. I mean, I've got no idea at the moment what Gary Rowley, what, what his positions, what his formation wants to be or anything else at the minute. So I would keep him. Absolutely keep him. Um, I mean, Matt Smith is one, you know, we sit there and go, would you keep him? Would you not? Well, he's 31 years old. 
He's had a blind in he's had a blind in season. I think he's what scored twelve goals, four assists, five assists, and Jed I think's had what twelve ten goals and and twelve assists or whatever it is. But I don't know. I, I, I think there's there's hard decisions there for us. But I do agree that I think um, Barcelona will keep him and and I'd look at bringing in some of the youth players as well. Gary yeah. Alexander's boy would be worth a run out for the last Good. game. Yeah. Is there anyone you guys would cash in on if we got a big money offer? I'm thinking, who's our valuable players? Romeo, Hutchinson, probably Bart. Romeo already. Jed himself, obviously. Uh, maybe Thompson might be worth a few, Bob. Is there anyone where you think, like, if we got a decent offer for them that meets the price tag? Anyone that you think maybe we can cash in and try to improve? What price would you put? I mean, we had this earlier, Omar, right? I've heard a rumour today for a source that Romeo's potentially going to Palace for two million. I don't think two million is the right figure, though. It still annoys me when you say it. I could not see it being the right figure. And if we sold it for two million, I would be fuming at the club. Romeo's not worth anywhere near that. He's worth a lot more than two million. He's probably worth what? In the going market, if we don't get nine or ten million, I'll be disappointed. Because you've got seven million for George Savile. You, you what for Romeo? Yes, hundred percent. Fucking hell, mate. What's he played? A hundred odd games in the championship now. I don't know if you guys think I'm barking up the wrong tree, but I reckon he's worth more than what George on, Savile was. On transfer, on transfer market, right? Romeo is valued at £720,000. I would say to you, though, name me a better right-back in the division. Or who would you replace him with in the division? I that's don't why, disagree. That's why I don't think... I mean, I don't know if I'm barking the wrong tree, but what do you guys think? Like, as in, he's got to be worth a lot more than £2 million, right? The, the, when he was the getting... development of Romeo... Sorry, go on, Matt. No, go on, Nick, please. I was going to say, the, the development of Romeo under route for me, has been, has been one of the players that has really done well under route that you know he's really really pushed him on and got him higher up the pitch and been a lot a lot more dangerous and clinical going forward so yeah for me he's a player we definitely can't get rid of and yeah it really surprised me hearing his value there because yeah I completely agree with you Omar he's, he's definitely worth a lot more than that in my opinion Romeo's a player that is brilliant class as a five back five where he can bomb forward and go back that's Romeo he's his finishing was Five, if he bagged four or five goals this season from his position, he'll be talking for not just Palace, but let's say an Everton, a Burnley, a, a mid-table Premier League team. Because I've always said along that he is he's Premiership bound. Arguably, I don't want him to go to West uh, Palace. I'd rather him be Premiership bound with us, but you know he is a player that it excites me going forward. And... I I am a I'm I'm a I just I liked I like him as a player I like his dad's band I'm gonna just put that out there as well but <laughs> um, but he is but when 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 people was in the stands were slag and everyone's got their entitled to their opinion I get that but when they were slagging off Romeo uh, you you have to bite your lips sometimes and just think look at the bigger picture about this player and you know he's 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 had a good you know, how he's been brought up through coaching like he was at the you can't be at Arsenal Academy until 16, 17 if you ain't good enough. Um, and I'll, I'll bag that going and then going off to gym and then being picked up by us. So, you know, we, we've done well getting him. And, you know, I wouldn't want to cash in on him. Absolutely not. On it, I'd cash in on Jed. I'd get the money for Jed personally. I think where he's been brilliant for us, majority of the season, I think there was times where, you know, the Villa talk came in. I think that might have possibly turned his head a little bit I don't know but I'd, I'd, I'd see if there was a price tag on Jed 
and see if we could build the team with some of his money. Would and Skalax might as well. What's and Skalax might as well. Would Jeb Wallace then? Would you record, what, if Reed has plug figure? If Marlon I mean, Romeo's 2.7 million, Jeb's probably only worth about 3.8, isn't he? Yeah. But, uh, if, you know what, uh, mate? You're not fucking wrong, mate. He's 3.8 <laughs> according to transfer. I can't see that. Um, um, I, I, I think for COVID, you would have got 10 million for Ted all day long. Um, now, because clubs don't have the money, I reckon uh, four or five million maybe for Jed. I think it's, it's, it's that classic domino effect, isn't it? I mean, let's, let's argument say put Villa, if they went down, which would be great because well, if we're allowed to go away games, that'd be a good away day, but their Grealish will go, then they might want to find someone that wants to replace Grealish. It could be Jed. Then we'll be looking for someone. So it, it's all about if, buts, and maybes. But if I had the opportunity, I'll definitely cash in on Jed. And I would say, I'll some, of the rumors, I mean, some of the rumours were out there for our players. I mean, yeah. there, there's rumour out there that Murray Wallace is off to Rangers. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, I said he's, Scott, he's the best Scottish centre half at the moment, and there's not many of them about. So, no, I mean, there are there are a lot of mad rumours out there for. I mean, it was weird. I mean, Aidan O'Brien, there was rumour that he was going to sell it for 400 grand. And now the rumour was coming out today is that he's going to Gillingham. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think Gillingham potentially... Is I know which one I choose. I think Gillingham's a bad move for Aidan O'Brien. He's better than that. He's better than that. I think he's probably... I don't know. I don't think he could get a, a gig in the championship. Like uh, Top league one. Le- Ipswich. Ipswich. Or Ipswich. Or someone. Ipswich. Yeah, exactly. Someone that comes oh, up, maybe. Or, yeah. I could see him joining Wickham with Fred. Fred and O'Brien up front scoring goals against us next season, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never would you cash in on Bradshaw? Yeah, I probably would. would. on Bradshaw? I probably would. I mean, I don't know how much you would get for him. I mean, what we, we bought him for maybe a million or so, didn't we? But I think we'd be lucky to probably get half that at the moment. But I probably would move him on and try and bring someone else in, I reckon. Yeah, no, well, that would be another one that I'd try and offload as well. Bradshaw, Bradshaw's valued at 1.1 million. I think that's how much we bought him for, didn't we? Or not far from that. What about Leonard? What's he valued on there? That's probably another one. Is Leonard another one that will be around next season? Who knows? Leonard is valued at 540 grand. I think um, we've covered a lot today. We've obviously debated quite a bit there as well. We've got one more game left. We're looking forward to close season speculation as Mickey was bringing up there I think he told me the other day Jake Cooper's being watched by Arsenal as well didn't you Mickey that was another one you saw or something wasn't it Burnley Burnley that was it I'm sure Arsenal's in that text as well so you see but yeah I mean don't um, me out you fucker <laughs> you it's Burnley, it might have been, no, Burnley and someone. Burnley's definitely, he's being watched by Burnley, 100%. Rumours are always yeah. gospel. I mean, but they're, they're all bullshit. They're just, yeah, it's people want to make stories to the back, like, for back pages, don't they? So that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just there to, to create an interest and create a pattern and everything else. They're, most of them are bullshit because we never really know. Um, even when I was found on the board, I used to sit there and, and go to Steve, oh, what about this one then? Heard this coming. And in the end, he used to be, why don't you just fuck off and stop asking? Because I'm not going to tell you. So, you know, I think a lot of it is kept secret because the more you chat about it, we're just doing an agent's job for him. The more we chat about a player going somewhere, the more that agent, if I was his agent, the more I'd be sitting there, you know, putting the price up and going, thank you very much. 
ching, 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 and just keep putting it up. So, um, seeing if I can find where I fucking told you now with Thingy, just to clear my name a bit. Anything else you want to add into it? Go on, guys. Just want to look at that, Mick. Um, I, I, I want to know who's writing these transfer values. I, I, I reckon it's a funny thing to be fair for Peter. You know, I'm speechless over that two million pound for Romeo. Remember, it's not me, it's not, I'm not. Listen, Lee, I'm not bullshitting you. If you go on transfer transfer market, which is markt.co.uk, type in Millwall and go down, and I'm telling you, you've got um. What's his name? Romeo is is seven hundred seven hundred and twenty grand, and he's gone down. He was nine hundred and something a while ago, and it's gone down since April to now. It's gone down, but yeah, I mean, you, I'll have a little note in that. You work that Jason McCarthy's valued at nearly four hundred. So I, I don't. <laughs> it's all perceived values. These aren't. It's all down to what people want to pay. If someone these are fair for Peter's transfer. These are fair for Peter's transfer fees. These are. Um, the, the, the Federate sold Timmy Cale for 1.5 million and Lucas Neal for three quarters of a mil. That's on these on par with Yeah, but you know the story about um, what's his name though, didn't you? With Tim Cale. Tim Cale, wait, basically, when Tim Cale's contract was coming to an end and they knew he was going to go, you knew his premiership bound and they knew he was going to go. So what they wanted to do was cash in on him. So Theo got in touch with his mate Simon Jordan, who basically. They were going to make, you know, allegedly, allegedly, Simon, did you hear that word? Allegedly, um, put in a, 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 try to create a bidding war. So Crystal Palace put in a bidding and then um, Everton put in a bidding of 1.2 or 1.3 million. And unfortunately, everyone else they thought were going to come in and start bidding for him never did. Um, so they decided that they'd take the 1.3 because six months left in his contract, if they didn't take it, he was going for nothing. Mm, madness. Story of my life. There's a few players we've lost like that. I mean, I remember Trotter going for free. I think at the time that was crazy and stuff like that. And even James Emery and stuff like that. that we used to just never t- tie down to contracts. I know they've not gone on to massive, big or better things, but especially when they're scoring goals for you and you don't tie them down. But I think nowadays we're quite better at that. I think Joel Sam will transfer turn that around, didn't it? That surprised yeah. me that we got that money for him. But mm. listen, yeah, you know, going back to. To, to Romeo, uh, I think he had a really slow start to the season. Didn't look like he was going to progress under Harris, but like you all said, he's the most improved player without any shadow of a doubt under Gary Robert. And and, and I think in, in in this day and age, you know, bef- before COVID's coming and impacted, like you know, it's, it suggests on that transfer thing Mickey's looking at. You know, I think you're looking at about a six million pound player there for, for, for me. Mickey, got anything you want to add on to the show today, mate? Yeah, one thing, why are you all on here? Right. And okay, we're not there now, but potentially we could have the next season, maybe, or the season after, maybe, according to, to Gary. How do you think the Premier League brand would be affected by Millwall getting in the Premiership? And do you think it would be the best year following Millwall ever? <laughs> in what way? What do you mean What do you mean by affected? How, how do you mean? As in, as in, you know the way it is now with us. Wherever we go, the police fucking panic. Um, local mm. communities fucking panic. Um, British Transport Police panic. Everybody panics when we come to town. You imagine that week in, week out, playing the likes of Arsenal, Tottenham, West Ham. You know, um, all the, all those teams with with old 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 time reputations and everything else. Do you think that the brand of, of the Premiership would be worried with Millwall coming into it? 
I think it could potentially be similar to when we when we went up back in 2001, that, that first year back in Division 1, and we were playing clubs that we hadn't played for a while, like your Burnleys and, uh, and Forests and Man Cities. It, it could potentially be like that. And I could see there being a lot of things put in place and restrictions for Millwall fans travelling. Do you know what? They're probably gutted that we haven't gone up this year because they could have then had a lot of our games without fans and and it sort of got away with it, really. But, yeah, I could I could see there being a lot of restrictions put on, on away fans travelling. And, yeah, a lot of Millwall fans say, oh, I don't know if it's for us getting promoted to the Premier League. I don't know if I want that for a club. I think that's absolute crap. I'd love to have a go up there. I really would. I think it would be great for us. Um, but, you know, we I don't think that changes us as a club. And, it, yeah, I... I I'm a bit too young for the first division days, but um, you know I'm I'm hopeful for next season, and I think the right things are in place for us to have a go next year. So, yeah, I'm, I I think we'd have a right go up there. I really do. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, you know, I've had this conversation before, and and, and I was what eight years old when we was uh, and first started getting into football uh, in the what was it 88, 89 when we went up to the old first division. So as a kid, I've got unbelievable memories of the, the likes of you know John Barnes, Gary Lineker, Gaza, Mark Hughes, etc. Coming down then and be able to see them players. Um, for me, I think the championship is so exciting. I enjoy it. Uh, we're competitive, you know. If we go up, you know, the, the, the chances are we're going to come back down again, albeit a little bit richer with you know the parachute monies and, and whatnot. But for me, what I the only reason I like to see us go up there is is for my boys to to witness what I had when I was a kid and, and give them the memories, especially where we sit, Mick, right by the dugouts, to to see your Mourinho's and your your um, your Pep Guardiola's. Jurgen Klopp's literally within a stone throw away from you and your Salah's running down the wing, etc. It'd be an absolutely unbelievable season. I mean, we, the atmosphere we created in that Leicester game when they come down the FA Cup, I mean, that atmosphere mm. inside, it, you just cannot beat it. It'd be absolutely unreal. So, for a season, it'd be absolutely unbelievable. The authorities are not going to want it, that's for sure. But I guarantee you now, every neutral fan, everyone that goes to Port Millwall, they want to see Millwall win the Prem. They, they might not admit it, you know, they, they, they all love to hate us. But whenever you see like the FA Cup draw coming up and you even see big sides like Man United, uh, Liverpool, they all want Millwall away. Um, so there's clubs up there that would love to see us up there. The authorities, I agree with you, will wait it, but it'd be one hell of a season, that's for sure. Just before you, you answer, Matt, what, what I suppose really what I mean really with the, with the Prem brand and all that, like, the way it is, their happy, clappy um, image, do you think that Prem brand would ruin Millwall? Would it? Would it take away where we are now that working club do you think that would that's what I mean by the Prem brand I think it would I don't I don't necessarily think we'd run the Prem brand well maybe but would the Prem brand sterilise us I I, well first of all I'm going to echo what Lee says like I was only eight as well when we was in the top division and more importantly I would love to see Mill up there because of my son I would love to see him you know it pays me to stake him I, I took him to Two, two seasons ago, I took to Man City Liverpool on New Year's Day because he got given a ticket and I had to go with him. And I went up there and exactly what you just said, Mick, happy, clappy, you know. I, I, I said to him, don't say you're Millwall, don't say you support Millwall to him, just keep him, like, don't have to keep your mouth shut because they're all speaking different languages anyway, like, at Orientals, everything. But you got up there, yeah, she said, I support Millwall. And they were like, oh well. And because I don't think they, they were the, not the original Manchester City fans. Now, if we 
remember the day when we played Man City, especially that cup game where we played them five times or something, and when we had replays after replays after replays, and it was, uh, it was a few stories from my older brother that told me about broken noses, et cetera, et cetera. But um, in terms of the brand and the happy clap, I think we see it a little bit down the now, I think. Uh, and what I mean by that is that we see a lot of Scandinavians and Dutch people, and don't get me wrong, they are the funniest people there because they like a have a good time, have, have a drink. So we've seen it a little bit already. If we go up, it's just going to tenfold. It'll just go up tenfold. We will have uh, probably, we'll have the crowd, the, the old school, you know, us, that we go week in, week out. We went a bury away when O'Brien jumped in the crowd at the last minute. We were there against the people that are going to go and watch Manchester City because they're in town and we will be able to um, sell those tickets from, from, so from a business point of view, it would be great, but I don't think it will ruin me world. I think the Premier League, it, it might, I think it will open your eyes up for worldwide fans of who we would be. So the Premier League is broadcast practically all the way around the world. So if you're somewhere in Taiwan or the Philippines, you're watching the Premier League and you see Liverpool versus Philippines. Liverpool comes up. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but, but, um, but if we, um, but you know what I mean, like they'll see who this Millwall it could, it and if it did happen to get a bit untasteful, untasteful and a bit naughty, you know full well that if someone even has a dodgy fart in the crowd, the press are going to be on it. That's that's how you know that's how it will be if we were at the top. But I think the Premier League would always worry about that, and I think. It, it won't. It might tarnish the Premier League brand at all, but it's not the best league in the world. We are in the best league in the world now. Anyone can beat anyone, and that's exciting about the championship. And also, it's very yeah. The championship's very mixed, isn't it, Omar? I mean, you've got teams what are coming down with huge. I mean, um, who is it? I think it's Norwich coming down. I think they're given an eighty million pound parachute payment, so they're coming into the championship with an eighty million pound check, um, and, and you're playing with potentially premiership teams, players against your level. So I, I agree with you, Matt. I think the championship is probably the best league in England. Um, well, you, for you say that. Mixed ability. You say that. Norwich comes down with 70 million, just bought a play already, and you've got Coventry coming up. We ain't even got a bloody stadium. But I guarantee Coventry will beat them 2-1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, that's what's great about yeah. it. And, it's not good for the heart, that's for certain, uh, in the championship. But then again, and it's not good for the Paul's coupon either. But um, but but that's what makes it good. And, you know, there's no other country in this world that has got a second-tier league than what we've got. And we, you, know, you think, and we, you know, we, we, are, we are brilliant. We, I love the championship. And, you know, don't get me wrong, we will go up. I'm glad. I'm, I'm actually quite glad we haven't gone up this season because we would have got absolutely smashed every week. And I'm a passionate guy. I don't like seeing Millwall lose the best of times, and I couldn't imagine seeing us doing what Norwich did and lose probably about 25 games next season. But um, you know, it will come. It will come. Our time will come, and we'll be ready for it. And you know, watch out. I have to agree. I think that's it. We wouldn't. I think Premier League would change for us, especially if if we was there for a season. I don't think. They change us at all. I mean, we'd be in the press for all sorts of reasons, but that's me all, and I wouldn't have it any other way to be honest. I wouldn't want to change that about the club to be honest either. So, released a statement by the way. O'Brien. Yeah, I saw that. 
I guess I'll touch on that. So obviously O'Brien's the first player to announce to be left and he's done a nice little shout out on Twitter to the club. So as some of you may be aware, it's now my time to depart Millwall. This brings great sadness and it's hard for me to take in, especially since I started here at 15. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with such a supportive fan base and excellent community right from the beginning. The fans and then have been the life of my career and we have celebrated many times, particularly the club's promotion. I've been able to make the most of so many opportunities and meet some amazing people along the way. The club and the staff have been by my side throughout and seen me at both my highs and lows. I cannot thank you enough for the experience over the past 12 years. They have meant so much to me as a player. I hope one day our paths cross again. Once a line, always a line. I will always love my middle family. Thank you all. That's a classy way to go, isn't it? I know he's kind of, it's not on his terms in a sense, because obviously I'd rather, he'd probably rather leave him not being released, so to speak. But if you're going to leave, especially we gave him his chance, it's a good way to go there. No, he's been a good servant. I think I read Saturday, his record was at 44 goals in, in, in 200 odd games. It surprised me because. Uh, you know, he's 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 been in and around the first team for for a long time. Obviously, broke into it. You know, or was breaking into it under Kenny Jacket. He's he's obviously been a he was a mainstay under Neil Harris. It's been a fair few managers, and uh, that, that he's played for. And for some reason or another, he's he, he's just he's, he's been there and thereabouts, but never really kind of got going under several different managers and different systems. Um, but he's a lovely lad. He's been there a long time. You know, as, as, as you said, yeah, he's, 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 he leaves me some, some fond memories and we've got some fond memories of him as well. But fair play to him. You know, I, I do hope he gets a, 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 a decent move and, yeah, good luck. Matt, Kev, same, yeah? Yeah, I was going to say that I listened to him on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and he, he's a very humble guy and he's, he's very grateful for what football's done for him. So I think he, he grew up in quite a tough area, didn't he? And... Um, I think he grew up with a few friends that sort of went down the wrong paths. But, yeah, just to listen to him speak, what what a humble guy and what a way to leave the club. And, um, you know, you won't get many people leaving with, um, you know, that, that kind of high regard, in my opinion. So, yeah, best of luck. Just hope he doesn't go and, and cause us a bit of a nightmare next season coming back. Because <laughs> it normally does happen, doesn't it? Listen, I think he's been a, a great servant for us. Um, and, you know, best of luck going away. If you are going to Gillingham, I think it's a wrong move for you. I think you're a lot better than that. But look, Aidan, once you move on, mate, if if you get in touch with us, we'd love to get you on a show, mate, and have a chat to you about your <laughs> career in Millwall. Um, just follow us, DM us on Twitter or, or, you know, get in touch. But we'd love you on the show, fella. Mickey's speaking Absolutely. of the already. <laughs> Absolutely, I am... I, I echo everyone's. It's my dog. Sorry, my it's my ten Spanish mastiff. Sorry about that. My dog's gonna. I speak. echo. Yeah, I echo everything you everyone has just said there. I wish him all the best. I sometimes felt he was a bit of a fool guy when we was in uh, uh, not playing to the best, and I thought that was harsh. I but then similar to bit of advising. I would have played him up front. I would have played him, you know, it would have been like as a sole striker. He probably doesn't like playing with a two. He probably likes playing on one. He had, it's another one of those players that could have done it under the the, the terms. And funny enough, his stats, goals per minutes ratio this season is better than Bradshaw's. It was actually second behind Matt Smith. Um, The the problem is with Aiden, whenever you play him as a central attack role, he keeps fucking drifting out. Yeah, no, I get that. And I think that's where, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a striker. I'm like, no, it's, I, couldn't, I couldn't score in a brothel. But I, I think 
I think sometimes it, his mindset has been told, like he's, he's exactly told him. If someone turns and says, Adam, we know you've got a great first touch. We know you've got a clip, you have actually got a good finish. Stay up there, be a nuisance, create that extra five yard space. If a defender comes out or two defenders come out, you then got a Wallace or a Mahoney or a Thompson, you got them players. You don't like, if you do that and then, and then turn on the six boots, I mean, because uh, the, the forest equaliser, the forest uh, the forest equaliser this season was such a, um, a sna- he, he basically reacted quickly and banged it in the back of the net uh, when we drew 2-2. So, you mm-hmm. know, he's got that instinct. Now, I think he's got a striker's instinct and you're right, he's definitely better than Gillingham. You know, at worst, he is a, a top 61 team. So, like, you know, uh, I, hope them, you know. I hope the rumours are true when he goes to sell it because they do well at selling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and yeah, Absolutely. I mean, yeah, to be fair, Scottish football, yeah, you can, you don't, it's Scottish football, Scottish football, but you know, he's an Irish boy playing for Celtic. You know, it's it'll be a dream come true for him, and he will flourish. He will he will thrive upon being up there, and um, yeah, good, absolutely, one hundred percent, good luck, yeah. And as I say, he, he's won awards through the community. I think he's won another award this season about being community player of the year. Mm-hmm. I've I, I, I read that. You know, it shows you the man, not just the player, but the man who he is, and he puts his heart into the club. Um, and also, I uh, just stress the amount of times he's gone to see little Harvey. I mean, he sees, he, you know, he, he wishes like he, he goes and sees him all the time. And you know, it's I'm I'm actually I was gutted when I found out he was leaving and he won't renew his contract. But you know. It's a short career of footballer, so go and find something. Go, go and find success where you deserve it, mate. I think that's the fact. I think he probably wouldn't have been a key player next season, unfortunately. I think he's a good squad option. I think if we had him available for these run of games, I think he could have been a player that made a bit of a difference for us in games where we struggled. So it is a shame. And yeah, Mickey and I, but in, what would you want to say, mate? I was just going to say, do we claim that as, a, as our first exclusive transfer knowledge? That we quoted on Friday, he was going, and then Monday morning, it's... It's everything's broken. South London press breaks it. Uh, Aidan O'Brien comes out and releases a statement. So, do we take that as a, a Millwall? You heard it first on, on that Millwall podcast. He goes to Celtic. I think we'll buy you a beer as well, mate. How about that? <laughs> it's also, I think it's also a shame that we can't give him a benefit patch. If he's been with the club since the age of 15, tw- was that 12 years, did you say he's been mm-hmm. there? Surely he should have guessed. Surely he should get a testimonial, shouldn't he? Testimonial. 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 Yeah. He deserves something, a benefit match at least. And, you know, you know. Yeah, why hasn't he had a testimonial? I suppose. I suppose Not 12 years as professional. Yeah, the youth the youth doesn't actually take it. So it depends when he signed, you know, which age they would have missed out. So he'd probably be nine years as a professional in Millwall. It's a shame, isn't it? He probably would have got a nice send off if we were at the game on Wednesday and stuff like that. He probably would have got, you know, a nice send off that way. But Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think we've had a good little um, debate there, guys. Nice little conversation between the five of us. Anything you guys want to add on? Matt, I'll come to you first. You want to plug anything? You're on Twitter, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm on Twitter. I'll obviously reshare, uh, like things. Um, my only event is the fact that I'm back goalkeepers and. Ross Samber is not the best goalkeeper in the championship that all the EFL pundits think. Um, just saying Bart is better than him. Um, but no, um, thank you for letting me come on. Um, hopefully I can do this again. And yeah, up the lines. Kev, anything you got to add on, mate? 
No, just exactly the same as Matt. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, really enjoyed it. Love talking Millwall. So be, being from Essex, I don't get to talk a lot of Millwall with people, unfortunately. So yeah, very, very much enjoyed it. So thanks for having me. And of course, Lee, second time on the show. Yeah, no, another decent show, chats. Thanks for having me on. I, th- I think, yeah, just to, to to finish off, just you know, we we all just want to get back in that stadium, don't we? We all want to get back in there, doing what we love, getting behind the boys. And yeah, yeah, as I said, Ro, it's kind of had that little uh, settling period now. Let's hope that you know you can hit the ground running next year. And you know, I think the, the 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 only benefit of this COVID thing is that it's going to be a really quick turnaround of the new season. So let's uh, let's finish up on Wednesday and, and get going again on on September the twelfth. Absolutely. Mickey, you got anything to add on, mate? I think we sorted, we, we, we sorted it all out. And, uh, yeah, let's roll on and, and hopefully get a result against Huddersfield. And then, um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to next week's show when we, when we can rip apart the whole season. <laughs> Me too, mate. Get all nerdy about it, right? I mean, if you haven't already and you're still listening, do check out our family show specials. We've got two episodes there. Uh, obviously, we had three good guests on, or four, really. Three ex-players, Paul Robinson, Adam Dunn, and Gary Alexander and obviously Mike Calvin who authored the book so if you haven't listened to it already be sure to listen and leave a review if you haven't already and myself and Mickey will always read them out won't we Mickey? Absolutely we got we got another one this week from someone who's saying we are very informative and knowledgeable of our subject and it's a very interesting and a must a must listen to podcast so um, thank you very much for that, that review um, yeah. Evening Marie and Andrew <laughs> See you guys next week. Cheers. Look, just before we do go, um, Lee's got a message because a lot of the Millwall fan base uh, did support him in his recent charity activity. So, uh, Lee, you uh, you wanted to say something to the Millwall fan base? Yeah, just a massive thank you, Mick, uh, to, to to all the Millwall fans on on, on Twitter. I mean, I've, I've as people I speak to on Twitter that I've never actually met before, um, but I speak to on a regular basis. So, you know, I've I've met a couple of them. Uh, Matt, I've met you, you know, yourself for a couple of mil away. But the vast majority, I've, I've never met in my life. And I've done a charity bike ride that, for, for my mate who, who passed away. And I posted a link on Twitter. Um, and I was going around to, to all the football grounds. And uh, I, I probably underestimated it. I, you know, I, I was cycling for like 14 hours that day. So I was just doing the quick uh, picture and a quick post at every ground. And it wasn't until I got home until I see... Um, I started the, the day on setting up 200 quid and I think I ended the day on like 2,800 and so two grand on the day and the vast majority of that was Millwall fans like I said I don't know most of them but can't thank them enough um, for, for for kind of retweeting it commenting on it uh, there was loads of positive messages in that so yeah massive thank you to, to, to Millwall and I suppose that's the club we are you know, we, we all kind of chip in for each other and we never let each other down so yeah massive thank you it's always the same with Millwall, mate. They uh, they never forget their own and they never stop supporting. Um, I worked it out one year when I was fan on the board um, that it worked out that one year between different charities and everything else with Poppy Day, etc., etc., Millwall fans had raised over £150,000 in one season. So, you know, there's not many clubs out there who can sit there and do it, and that's consistent. So, look, well done for doing it, Lee. Hope you... Uh, Hope you got yourself some ice on that arse of yours afterwards, mate, because uh, I uh, I don't really want to know how that was afterwards. But look, thanks very much for that, Lee, and uh, and uh, yeah, thanks very much for the Millwall fan base for uh, for supporting him there and then.
This Week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League-educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.